0: Welcome to the Advance Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the non-profit organisation that shines a spotlight on the impact of outstanding global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet all 34 game changers recognised in the 2022 Global Australian Awards. These inspiring game changers generously share the story of their international career journey with us, the highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know these inspiring game changers. In this episode, you will meet Francis Voon, who was awarded the Social Impact Award in the 2022 Global Australian Awards. I was moved by how clearly Frances articulates the challenges to ensuring rights for refugees and the enormous call to action she shares to reshape refugee policy. This is an important conversation for all Australians to hear. Joining me on this interview is Kathy Campbell, the producer of the Global Australian Awards. Let's say you were talking to a high school audience. How would you describe what you do And
1: what your day-to-day looks like. So I'm really privileged to work as the executive manager of the Caldor Centre for International Refugee Law at UNSW Sydney. We're the world's first centre dedicated to the study of international refugee law. And we work to promote lawful, sustainable and humane responses to people who are forced from their homes in Australia, in our region and around the world. And... Part of the issue that we work to address is that so often the public discussion of refugee issues is really dominated by misinformation and very shallow political rhetoric, but that's really not likely to foster Good solutions to displacement. And so at the Caldor Centre, we do the deep thinking that's needed to unlock those solutions. And really importantly, we translate that deep thinking in a way that's really accessible and meaningful to the people who need it, whether that be policymakers, journalists, lawyers, the general public, students. Um, and in so doing, we're trying to encourage a better, more evidence-based response to people who need safety.
0: Frances, so what might your day-to-day look like? Um, I know every day is different, but what might a, a day in the life of Francis look like?
1: Well, we our work spans a huge range of um, things. The core of our work is research, and I work with a team of really top thinkers who are doing some really important research on refugee protection in Australia, um, in the asia pacific and internationally including displacement in the context of climate change um, and my particular role is to help steer the strategy of our center to make sure that we are creating an environment where those researchers can do their best work and also then to make sure that we're reaching the right audiences with uh, the research and the deep thinking that they're doing so that might be um, making sure that we're engaging engaging with policymakers, organising roundtables and discussions that bring people together across different sectors to discuss and share information and develop new ideas, um, and also making sure that we're informing the public as well. So that might be through providing really accessible information and fact sheets, or it might be through... uh, more um, storytelling and um, more creative ways of getting fact-based, reliable information across to people about refugee issues.
0: And for you, was this always your goal? Did you always expect to end up working in this space around refugees and and care of refugees?
1: I've always been driven by a sense that we're here to make the world a better, fairer place than we found it. And really committed to the idea that everybody should be treated with dignity and everybody should have the opportunity to thrive. And when I came to Sydney to study law at UNSW in the early 2000s, we were really encouraged to think about those on whom the law bears most harshly. And at that time, and still today, there can be no doubt at all that refugees are amongst that group. So ever since I've been a student, I've really been taken by that mission of trying to promote justice and inclusion for people who've been forced from their homes. And that's taken me all around the world. I've been so lucky to work on that in a range of different capacities, including you know at the front lines, working together with refugee communities to provide assistance to people who've been displaced, to working at the policy level with international organisations and now in research. And I think those different uh, experiences have really helped me to see the value of each of those different perspectives and the real magic in bringing them together to exchange and and speak to each other and engage in dialogue to unlock greater insights about how we can uh, respond in a more humane and sustainable way to refugees.
0: It's such a, um, as you mentioned, since the early 2000s and still today, um, still so much work needing to be done there. Can you give us a sense of what the challenges are in your role and how you you
1: get through them on a day-to-day basis? I think I'm really mindful of how lucky I am to live in a situation where I enjoy peace and enormous opportunity and that that is simply by accident of where I was born. And so I really feel that I've got an obligation to use the opportunities that are available to me to try and make those opportunities to thrive available to others. Um, And I think as well hope is so important I think it's it's so important to be able to be optimistic and you know as Martin Luther King jr. said you know the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice and I believe that and I also believe that it only bends towards justice because people make it and so I really feel that um, it's important to apply myself to that every day and that's part of what helps me to keep going and you've I
0: know we're I know you um you've still got a lot of career ahead of you and so we haven't you know we haven't seen everything yet at all from Francis Voon but what are some of the highlights for you up until this
1: point that you could share with us some highlights of your career I've been so fortunate to work in uh so many different countries around the world, Um, so far my work's taken me to Bangladesh, to Jordan, South Sudan, Switzerland, and and back here in Australia. Um, It's been such a privilege to work with such a diverse range of people, all of whom are united by a commitment to trying to make a difference in this space. And it's particularly been a privilege to work side by side with refugee communities to really um, hear what they have to say about what the problems are and also what the solutions are um, to the issues that they face, because really, um, they understand those better than anybody else. Um, I think, you know, sometimes when we're working in this space, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by how big... And complex the challenges are, and I think that's the case not only for people working in in refugee issues, but anyone who's working to advance social change. Really, uh, but it's it's so helpful to surround yourself with other people who are doing good work, and to remember that you're not alone in working in that space. And I think the opportunities for change are really enormous, um, and particularly when we bring a global perspective to this issue, when we look to good practice from other countries and from even from our own history. Um, And when we look to international legal frameworks, which articulate a set of values that are in fact widely shared across our community, we're able to develop a more positive narrative about the way that we respond to displacement. And we were able to do that at the Caldor Centre in what we call the Caldor Centre Principles for Australian Refugee Policy, which we launched a couple of years ago and revised earlier this year ahead of... last election, which sets out a roadmap for how we can respond in a way that's both principled and pragmatic to um, really recognise the contributions that refugees and and other displaced people can make uh, to our community. And another highlight I think has been the opportunity to really try and help shape and change the conversation about refugee issues in Australia, not only through media engagement and through public events and and other um, information sharing, but but also through recognising the power of amplifying refugee voices. And we've done this through creative projects such as a very successful podcast and storytelling project, Temporary, which brought together refugee voices with accessible expert explanation to help an audience of hundreds of thousands really better understand the both the human cost and the legal aspects of our policy of temporary protection. And what we've seen is that there has indeed been a real shift in the way that the public perceives this issue and recent polling shows that actually the majority of Australians are in favour of granting permanent protection protection to people who've come here seeking safety by boat. So we're really proud to have been just one part of the effort to help try and advance better understanding about um, the reality for refugees and about the need for change in this space.
0: Wow. And that sounds fascinating. I'm going to look that one up straight away, uh, temporary. Um, uh, You've been working in this field and um, and you also, I understand, you studied overseas on a John Monash scholarship. Tell us how that came about and why you felt you needed to um, extend your studies overseas
1: and, and, and what you learnt from that experience. It was such a privilege to be able to go to Oxford as a John Monash scholar to study an MPhil in international development and... It enabled me to explore you know the intersections of um, displacement with development and to look at this issue from a range of different perspectives, not just as a lawyer but also looking at you know it from the disciplines of economics and politics and anthropology um, I really feel that uh, being able to study abroad has um, been such a wonderful opportunity it's enabled me really to um, be part of a cohort of of people who bring such diverse perspectives to this issue. Um, And it's also really helped me to uh, bring with me um, a really global understanding of my place and the contribution that I can make, that I am a person who who comes from a particular place, who's familiar with a particular um, discipline and and set of um, approaches, uh, but that there's real value in um, looking at the ways in which um, my perspective um, intersects with with that of others, and and I think that that's something that applies not only in my area of work but in so many others.
0: Well, uh, the each year the social impact category of the um, of the Global Australian Awards is hotly contested. I think there's just so many wonderful Australians that are um, really. Uh, trailblazers in this space and and taking on those key leadership roles uh, overseas in in big organisations, small organisations, starting their own organisations and having that impact. I wanted to share with you that uh, the judges uh, saw all the different uh, individuals nominated for this, but they selected you as the winner for this award this year. Oh, my goodness. (laughs)
1: That's incredible. I'm really just absolutely surprised and delighted. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> what does it mean to you to be recognised for your work in this space by, um, by and, and recognised amongst your peers working internationally on,
1: on social impact issues? It's such an incredible honour to be recognised in these awards in this way, and I really take my hat off to all the many uh, other people working in this space um, who are doing incredible work. Um, And... I really am only here because of the amazing people who I've been able to work with, uh, displaced communities and colleagues in Bangladesh, in Jordan, in South Sudan, Switzerland, here in Australia, um, and also family, friends, mentors. Um, I've learned so much from all of these people. And so I really feel that I stand on the shoulders of giants. And, and so while this award recognises global Australians doing work in the social impact space I think I'd really like to consider this a shared honour I, I don't think that we can advance social impact on our own really it is a work of collaboration and partnership and so I really uh, really want to acknowledge um, the the work uh, of people who have come alongside me on this journey.
0: And, and for those that are inspired and I know there'll be so many people inspired by your journey what advice would you have for someone perhaps going in early in their law degree or in high school thinking about going into um, a field for social justice and and thinking about the rights of others Um, what advice would you have for them early in their
1: career I think you can be a force for social justice in so many different ways and I think it's important to recognise you don't have to be a humanitarian worker or a refugee lawyer uh, to stand on the side of people who've been forced from their homes. Being a good ally to refugees starts with listening, listening to what people who are affected by displacement have to say about their experiences, about their problems and about the solutions that they see to those problems having empathy <laughs> while we're listening to those and then really just looking to see what are the opportunities resources and skills that I have that I can apply and there are myriad ways that uh, that, that that can happen um, and what is right for you will be different to what was right for me um, but that really um, all of us can be an ally to refugees regardless of what it is that we do for a living.
0: Thank you, Frances. That's all my questions. Kathy. Uh, did I miss anything?
1: No, I don't think you've missed anything, but I do have a question. I'm really interested. Um, you mentioned earlier about other countries and, and collaboration. I'm interested, uh, Is there who, who would be the countries that you look to that we can learn from in terms of their their policies? There's really a lot to be learned from many different countries on um, in terms of how we can better respond to refugees and I think one thing that's worth knowing is that the vast majority of refugees are actually hosted by developing countries. Um, So really the most people who flee go to a neighbouring country and they they remain they're you know in the in the regions where they've uh, where they fled and so i think we've got a lot to learn in that sense in terms of hospitality welcome and and um really openness towards providing protection and asylum to people who need it um, but there are so many other countries um that are really responding in ways that are both creative and, and open. And I think there's also lessons to be learned from Australia's own history. We actually have a proud history of responding to people um, in need of protection with welcome. And um, that is a, um, a legacy that we can draw on. Um, you know, Australia is known actually as a country that has historically punched above our weight. Uh, internationally, that has been a really creative and proactive international citizen, and I think that that is um, something that we can really draw on not only in responding to refugee issues, but across a range um, of of global challenges that that we're facing today.
0: That's that's so um, so important to keep in mind the thought that of developing countries being the host for most. For so many refugees, and what we can learn mm, from them.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's when we take a really narrow, parochial perspective, um, we really misunderstand the scope and nature of the challenge we're looking at. Um, you know, you you cannot effectively respond to displacement unilaterally you have to see it as a global citizen as a shared global responsibility and that's the only way we're going to find solutions Um, so I really think that you know when we we make that shift we open up a whole realm of of uh, much more constructive approaches to not only to refugee issues but really as I say to a range of different global challenges
0: Is there anything else um, you wish every person, let's say, joining the new parliament (laughs) knew about refugees that you wish they could sort of keep in mind when they're making decisions
1: (laughs) or or something like that? I think that it's really important for us to recognise that it is actually possible to be both principled and pragmatic in responding to refugees and the challenge of forced migration. Um, I think our discourse around this issue to date has been so polarised that it hasn't really helped us to engage constructively with the idea that it's actually possible to um, be both welcoming and also advance your national interest. Um, And part of that has been because we've seen refugees as a threat to our borders rather than as people with skills, agency, resilience who have so much to contribute to our community Um, and that indeed as a community part of what is so central to our values is a value of fairness and of treating people with dignity and of a fair go and that in fact what will do justice to those uh, values is greater vision from our leaders in uh, being confident about embracing diversity, about building a more welcoming and inclusive community, and that actually when our leaders are proactive about advocating for the strength that comes in that diversity, uh, we are far more likely to all benefit um, from the policies that result from that
0: thank you for listening to this episode for more on global australian game changes over the last decade please go to our website advance.org